on so many trips as a female solo traveler. Well, if you want to know how I can travel so much, you might want to check out World Packers. World Packers is the safest community for travel and volunteering. With World Packers, I can travel, collaborate, and make an impact going virtually anywhere in the world for close to nothing. We love that. All I do is type in a location and World Packers will list experiences I can browse through. With homestays and hostels to social causes or animal care, I can choose what I'm interested in and apply for a work exchange. You can even read through reviews to see past World Packers experiences and determine if it's a good fit. All you do is enter the dates and apply with a message to your host. World Packers has been an awesome way for me to meet other travelers, make new friends, go on endless adventures, explore the world, and learn about myself. I'm actually in Italy right now, and I can't wait to come to you live from Albania next. I already have my entire year planned, and you can see for yourself by creating an account at worldpackers.com. But be sure to use code Coletti to save $10 today. World Packers, where will you go next? Welcome to Waking Up with Lauren Coletti. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. Thank you for joining me today. This, I think this is the first episode I've recorded while I'm in Albania because I did try to film a video episode last week and I, I was so excited for it because I had so much tea to spill, really. And my Wi-Fi at the hostel I was staying was just so bad it was so bad so it kept cutting in and out I tried to record and it wouldn't work so I do apologize for that mostly for you guys because that would have been a, a fire episode but we're here today I'm currently in Vlor Albania this is my third destination in Albania I was in Tirana for one week I went to Saranda and Girocaster and some other place for three days on a road trip. And now I'm in Vlor. And after Vlor, I'm going to Barat, Doris, and Skoder. And I have how many weeks left? I have two weeks, two weeks left in Albania. And then I'm going to London for not that long. Unfortunately, I wish I could have stayed longer. But when you're traveling with someone, it's kind of a lot of logistics going on. And we could only have two full days together, so that sucks, but I am excited to go there. And then I head home for a couple of months, and I just want to give a little update, talk a little one-to-one before I dive into today's episode. Um, so I have been going through a lot, <laughs> so much lately that I haven't even processed it. I'm not really sure where my head is at, truthfully, but... A lot of what I've been going through, I'm going to get into when I read my article that I wrote. If you haven't read it yet, you can go to lmcoletti.com and see my newest blog post. I think that it's really valuable, especially if you are a female, because I have been feeling really self-conscious lately. I mean, I have gained, (laughs) I don't even know how much, probably 30 pounds at this point. Since I came to Europe, I had gotten off of my Ozempic. I was taking semaglutide for a while. It stopped working for me. I don't know. I'm probably the only person in the world that it doesn't work for. 
I think because I switched from brand name Ozempic to generic brand, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But as soon as I started taking semaglutide instead of Ozempic, and I'm not an idiot, I know they're literally the same exact thing. It just didn't work. So I don't know. But with that, on top of not working out anymore since I got the flu, I never got back onto my daily workouts. I have gained so much weight and I can't even look in the mirror anymore. Honestly, I look pregnant. I'm not pregnant because I have my period. Somehow, by the grace of God, I'm not pregnant. (laughs) I don't know how that's even possible right now, but thank God I'm not complaining. But I've, I feel terrible about myself. And it's hard because in Albania, the women all look the same. And the way they look is nothing like me. I'm not even kidding. They all look like uh, Madison Beer or who else? Kylie Jenner, something like that. (laughs) Whatever is in the water here, I have to get some of it. (laughs) So with that, um, I've been feeling pretty crappy about myself because when I'm in Albania, I sometimes feel triggered because of the history of why I even came to Albania in the first place. And the person in my head, I could just hear them saying, you're fat, you got fat, you're not skinny, you're fat. They used to always say that to me. So um, yeah, I am fat right now, but I'm trying to not connect that with my value um, because I know that my body's going to change, our looks are going to change, but that doesn't change your worth that doesn't change how deserving you are of a high quality of life and happiness but I'll get all I'll get into that all in my post what other things I've been dealing with kind of feeling lonely um I solo travel a lot at least I have I've been to six different countries by myself in the last like six months (laughs) and um not even let's see January February March Yeah, six months. And I solo travel because I love my alone time. At home, I'm a bit of a hermit. I can self-isolate to the point where it's kind of self-destructive at times. And the reason I started solo traveling was because I wanted to push myself outside of my comfort zone. And I solo travel not to be alone, but to meet people, to make friends, to learn new things and go on experiences. And in Tirana, I was hanging out with someone practically every day. And then when I went on my little Southern Albanian Rivera road trip, I was with two other people that were super cool. And now I'm in Vlora and I'm alone and I feel lonely. And part of the reason why I feel lonely, I think, is when it comes to my love life, which is kind of non-existent right now, but I always feel like an option to people that I make a priority. I always feel like a side dish. I always feel not significant, not important. And it's been a pattern that you know, I'm all in for someone and they only want me when it's convenient for them or to boost their ego or when they're bored or when they're lonely. And it's not the best feeling, truthfully. It, again, makes me feel pretty, um, 
non-existent, invisible, like an outcast, an outsider. And it does hurt my feelings. But I do play a role in that. I can't always blame other people. And something I'm learning a lot about humans is it's a lot easier to for people to place accountability on others rather than to take responsibility for themselves. And this happened to me recently when I was in Tirana. I was hanging out with this guy, this Albanian guy, right? I met him off of Tinder. And I really rarely meet people off of Tinder. I mean, I'm on the app. I'll swipe maybe once a day for one minute. Mostly hit yes on women. Never am I swiped right back. <laughs> but I'd say a majority of men, if not all men, honestly, I'd, I'd swipe left. Um, just because I don't feel safe. I feel like it's dangerous to meet up with a random stranger from the internet. For me personally, because I've been assaulted and things like that. So I received a message from someone and... Most of my messages, because I see, receive a lot of messages every day, and again, I don't say that to toot my own horn, it's just true. I receive, I don't know, 5, 10, 20 messages a day, right? So I rarely, I don't want to be bothered. I hardly ever look at my messages, but sometimes I do. And this particular person messaged me, respond to a story on a post on my story, and said something really quirky. And this is how I met the last person that I was hanging out with in, in Italy. And I started talking to him and he just seemed chill. He seemed really chill. So we started hanging out. And after a few days, you know, we were spending so much time together. I actually started to really like him. We had some deep conversations and he kind of opened up to me and I shared my heart with him and I fucked with him. Like, he had um, a side, like, he was creative. He was a DJ. He wrote lyrics, and he said he'd never been in love, never really had his heart broken, and all these things that, you know, as someone that's so empathic and just a hopeless romantic, they really struck me. They really, um, I felt for him. And we just vibed like friends. Like, I could chill with him, and he was cool, and... The sex was good and I was attracted to him and he was funny. And then also side note, I find it so interesting how in the 21st century, at least with millennials or the Gen Zers, we will fuck on the first date and then get vulnerable emotionally. I think it's backwards and I used to not be like this. I was telling my friend, everyone had their hoe phase in the beginning of like their late teens, early 20s, right? When they were in college, bitch drinking, fraternity, sororities, whatever. For me, I think it wasn't until 26, 27, 28 that I'm starting to have my hoe phase, <laughs> like going out and partying and going on vendors and stuff like that, because I used to be very um, reserved and I would never even kiss someone on the first date. Now I'm fucking within 30 minutes of meeting someone and then seeing if I like them. And that's not to, uh, you know, criticize myself or judge myself. I think so many of us do it. It's become semi-normalized now. But I just think the whole thing is backwards. And I, 
I think it's a lot easier to share ourselves physically with someone before it is to share our wounds with someone. But anyway, it wasn't until the last day that we were hanging out together. And, you know, it was my last night in Toronto. I really wanted to go out and have fun and do things. And I really wasn't in the mood to just have sex all day. My pussy hurt. I felt like a yeast infection was coming on. I know this is TMI. And this person would not take no for an answer. And granted, there were red flags the first day we hung out. He wanted to have sex, and I didn't want to because it was the first time we were getting to know each other. I didn't know if I liked him or not. And he really wouldn't back down, and I had to kind of force him off of me. So there was that pattern again the last day we hung out where I said no, and he didn't respect my no, and really violated my boundaries. And we got into a fight. And I didn't want to see or talk to him anymore because of my past of being sexually abused and things like that. I don't give people second chances so much anymore. I used to be a firm believer in, oh, everyone makes mistakes. Give them another chance. No, my patience and my tolerance and just from years of wisdom, knowing if someone fucks up, especially so early on. It's just going to be downhill from there and super toxic. So not ignoring the red flag, the second time around, I decided to tell him he hurt my feelings and I don't want to talk to him. And instead of taking responsibility and being accountable and showing me that he understood that what he did was wrong, because when a woman says no, it's her body, you should back the fuck off. Just saying, I guess it's not common sense. Um, he twisted things around and tried to manipulate me by saying, you hurt my feelings because you said I was going to forget about you. Well, yeah, after, you know, I felt like I was about to be raped. I would think that I have every single right to act however the fuck I want to act to defend and stick up for myself. Um, and they tried to just guilt me and I really, really, really cannot deal with that type of narcissistic sociopathic behavior anymore at this point in my life. Maybe in my early twenties, I would have felt bad or, you know, blamed myself, but now no, um, it's not a respectful thing to do and something that I really value in a relationship, any relationship, platonic, familial, romantic is respecting boundaries. And if you don't respect boundaries, You're not the type of person that I want in my space, in my field, in my energy. So I was feeling a little bit bummed about that. And I just felt really taken advantage of. And even walking down the streets here with all the cars honking at me and the cat calling and the harassing, it's been very triggering. As someone that has a long, long past of sexual violence, it makes me feel so objectified and exploited. And I've been kind of activated and triggered because of that lately. So there's there has been a lot going on. And I just don't know where my head is at. I've been really loving Albania. I know that sounds not so much because of what happens. But I have been loving Albania. And in the article I'm going to read, I'm going to get into all the reasons why. But right now I'm in Vlor and I'm helping the hotel social media. And I've been enjoying it so much, really. 
I'm looking to kind of transition into an entry level or internship, paid internship for content creation and social media marketing and management uh, or content writing because I love that stuff. I'm super creative and I've been finding it really fun. And a lot of those jobs you can work from anywhere. So if some of you don't know, I got accepted into a TEFL program to teach English in Spain. And once I get home from Europe, I will begin to work on my visa and then move to Spain, particularly Barcelona in November. And while I'm really excited because I love Spain so much, it's a dream country to live there. I found out while I'm in Albania that Americans can live here for up to one year with no visa. And I could see myself living in Albania. It's definitely very different than Spain. There's really a lot of nature here and I'm not one for hiking, but I thought to myself, if I wasn't moving to Spain, I would definitely come to live in Albania and I wouldn't even really have to worry about working so much because everything is so affordable. So maybe we'll revisit that in the future, see how things go after my seven months to a year in Spain. And I don't know, my friends, I was telling my girlfriend the other day, I would love to live in Europe forever. I would love to never go back home to America, really. Um, And that sounds super ignorant and maybe rude, but I want my life to be in Europe. And I want to start a family and get married and have a house here. And I just don't see that for myself in America anymore at this point in my life. But everything I have is there. More so than friends and family because I have very few people in my life that I consider close. But my career, my education, it's all in America. And I've spent the last 10 years of my life in school, getting my doctorate and my master's and working in psychology. And I don't want that all to be for wait to go to waste. You know, I don't want it to all be for nothing. I have a hundred thousand dollars in student loans at. And if I moved to Europe and started doing something for $15 an hour, um, it kind of seems like, oh, well, what was the point of all of that career and professional development? at least in my own head. And that's kind of what I'm grappling with. I feel a little bit stuck there, even though I know I'm not. I know that's an illusion. I don't have kids or a husband or a mortgage in America. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now, because I'll never be 28 again and nothing is holding me back. And I'm kind of just trying to go with the flow and see where the wind leads me. But It's been a lot to emotionally process, and I'm curious to see how things will change when I get back home from July to October. I can't really go anywhere because I have to send in my passport for my visa. So I'm just trying to trust whatever happens is supposed to, whatever will be will be, and to kind of go with the flow of things and to realign back with my personal morals and dignity because it has been kind of out of alignment lately And I do feel not as centered or as grounded as I did, uh, you know, maybe two months ago, what have you. But I'm really grateful to be here. It really is an honor and a privilege to do what I'm doing. A lot of people ask me how I afford it. I've been couch surfing. I've been doing workaway exchanges, 
makes it a lot more affordable. And also my friends, that's what savings are for. Like I have a savings account. Um, there was an Instagram reel I saw where people were like, oh, anyone that travels and doesn't work is living off of daddy's money. Let me tell you, honey, my daddy is dead. He's been dead for a long time. My family has absolutely zero no, zero funds to support me. I never get money from my family. I never have. I never will. Uh, we are definitely, you know, lower middle class at the best. So no, I am not a trust fund baby. I just am using my savings because that's what I think savings are for to enjoy. Um And I know the American beliefs around this are backwards. So you put your savings into your your, your, uh, 401k or for whatever. Um, But it's definitely doable. If I can do it, you can do it. You just have to learn how to make the most of your trip in an affordable manner. And I do share tips about this in some of my previous episodes. So you can check those out if you are interested. All right, I think that's enough of an update for now. So let's get into my newest blog post, which I'm going to read, called Lessons from Albania. Today marks two weeks since I've been in Albania. As I write this, I'm at the Valza Boutique Hotel in Bor. I have mountains to my left and sea to my right. I'm privileged enough to be in a beautiful air-conditioned room with reliable Wi-Fi and a killer breakfast. Love the breakfast here. (laughs) I love it so much. That cheese is fire. Yesterday, I couldn't help but laugh out loud because while I was laying on the beach overlooking the Adriatic Sea, I remember two months ago when I told people at home I was quitting my job so I could solo travel to Albania. They scowled. Hardly anyone was supportive of my decision, and if they were, it was out of pity, kind of in an, oh, bless your heart, honey, manner. Despite everyone's discouragement and probing questions as why the hell I would ever want to leave my higher than average salary job to be alone in a developing country, I went anyway. My first day in Albania was probably one of the most challenging I have yet to experience, and as someone that's solo traveled six different countries in the last six months, I can assure you I have encountered so many difficulties. The second I landed, I was bright-eyed and smiling ear to ear. You could tell I was a tourist right off of the bat. This maybe lasted a whole two hours when all of a sudden I realized my cell wasn't working. Even though my hostel was a 10-minute walk from the bus station, it took me close to four hours to find it, being that I had no service. It was terrible. (laughs) Very bad. Oh, what would we do without cell phones? I don't know. Finally, I arrived at my hostel, eager to meet other travelers and make friends. One of the only reasons I chose to stay at a hostel in the first place. And to my dismay, instead of being welcomed with open arms, the people were uninterested in hearing my story or greeting me with any semblance of warmth. Going to Italy, where I had friends and a family to accompany me, to Albania was a rough transition. Not only do I speak no Albanian other than a few useless words like, I love you, stupid, the women of Tirana weren't overjoyed that I was there. Instead of smiling back at me or entertaining my attempts to cultivate a friendship, My friendly gestures were returned with dirty scolding looks and judgment. And this isn't all in my head, guys. I know a lot of times we think, oh, everyone's looking at me. This is true. When I was walking around with my guy friend that I was talking about 
previously, he said he couldn't help but notice that all the girls were giving me really mean looks. And I said, why? I'm not doing anything to them. And he said, oh, they're, they're jealous of you. You don't look like them. Their boyfriend's looking at you. And I don't know if this is true, but I'm the type of woman that like, if I see a hot female, like I stare at her and I'm, I tell her, wow, girl, you are fucking stunning. Like hyping them females up because we need to empower other women. Other women are not our competition. Like, why can't we just all coexist together peacefully. I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) I felt alone and ready to go home. Everyone was right. I shouldn't have come here. Feeling dumb and defeated, I started searching for flights. This was starting to feel too much like Athens all over again. Athens was a nightmare. (laughs) Go back to January and you can hear some episodes from that dark time period of my life. Discouragement envelops me. And I went to sleep in my small, stiff hostel bed with the sound of snoring in the background, hoping for a better tomorrow. Well, tomorrow came a little too quickly when I was woken up at 6 a.m. by the sound of a damn rooster and sunshine glaring into my eyes because there was no curtains in the room. Welcome to Albania, you dumb bitch. This is what you get for wanting to come here. Sigh. Luckily, my rough patch took a turn when I met a fellow New Yorker at my hostel. Shout out to Phoebe. Never have I ever been so excited and relieved to speak with someone from New York. Over the next couple of days, I met some cool people and actually found I was spending more time with others than I was by myself. I felt a craving for alone time and peace after going on back-to-back vendors for nearly a week, living off of coffee and Aperol spritz. Adore my spritz. Amazing. What did I drink before? I don't know. What struck me most about Toronto was the people living there, particularly the girls. Never have I ever seen so many Instagram baddies in one location all at the same time. Am I in Albania or Los Angeles, I wondered. Trying not to be a creep and make women uncomfortable, I could not help but stare and simultaneously envy their petite frame, hourglass form, doe eyes, button nose, and Angelina Jolie lips. Their eyebrows were perfect, And so was their hair. Literally everything about them is perfect. I've never felt more unappealing than I have when I was walking through these streets. I mean, seriously though, compared to these women, I was an actual swamp monster. Instead, immediately I began looking up cosmetic procedures in the closest medical spas since I heard it was way more affordable than in the States. I was determined to transform from this Sasquatch into an Albanian model so that I fit in with everyone else. One night, I foolishly said to my friend, Do you think I'm ugly? No. Why? He said. Well, I feel something is really wrong with me. How come? I don't know. I want to be like the rest of the girls here. I don't look like them. But you're beautiful, he answered. Everywhere we go, all the men stop and look. But what good is it to be beautiful if nobody loves you? I replied. So you think if you got surgery, then somebody would love you? No, I know that's not true. You see, I know deep down being beautiful, it does not make you special. But for some reason, I can't help but compare myself to gorgeous women and as a result, feel immensely inadequate and inferior to my bones. I'm tall. I'm not pocket-sized. I'm shaped more like Serena Williams than Kim Kardashian 
My legs are covered in cellulite and I have an overbite with uneven eyelids. When people ask me what my favorite feature is, I can really only say the thing I like about me is my feet. Yet. Something interesting happened here that made me rethink everything I thought about myself. While walking quite literally any and everywhere I go, people keep coming up to me and asking me for my Instagram. I don't say this to sound conceited. I know that being pretty is not a talent. I say it to make a point. Here I am with blemishes twice the size of these girls, shaving thighs and frizzy hair. Yet guys keep asking me out. Even yesterday, when I got lunch, the waiter asked me out. When I got dinner, the waiter asked me out. But why? Look at all these tens. What would anyone want to do with me? After consideration and some reflection, they all said something along the lines of, you have such great energy. Your vibe is good. You have a big smile. You seem like a kind person. You're the only woman that's been friendly to me. You made me laugh. You look happy. No female has ever said thank you to me before. That was coming from a waiter. And there you have it, folks. And none of this has to do with my high cheekbones or long volume 3D eyelashes. You can be the baddest bitch in the room, or you can be the sweetest. See which gets you further, ladies. With that being said, I recognize self-worth cannot be attained with Botox or filler. True confidence cannot be bought with a boob job or BBL. And I don't say this to put down people that do these things because I have gotten Botox and filler in the past and I can sympathize with women that get BBLs and boob jobs, nose jobs, all the things because I know why they do it. It's not their fault. And when I look at these women, I think, wow, she's just like me. And I feel sad for them because I know how insecure she must feel, how inadequate and how bad about herself she must feel. Because as women, we're told, well, you'll feel better about yourself if you just get your nose done or your lips done. And so we do these things to look like everyone else, to think, oh, it will make me more confident. But self-esteem cannot be fixed. Your trauma cannot be erased. Your internal insecurities cannot be deleted based on things you do on the outside. It's just not how that works. And sure, these things can get you more likes and more follows and draw attention, make men want to sleep with you. But at the end of the day, the high quality people will be drawn to you with a positive attitude and open heart more than a spray tan and acrylic nails. And this brings me to the reason why I adore this country so much because it reminds me of myself in, oh, so many ways. Albania is misunderstood. It has a tumultuous past. Its history is one of destruction, dismay, and heartache. It's been broken and damaged, and at one point it had everything ripped from it. Even still, it remains resilient, selfless, and strong. It doesn't try to be something that it's not. It doesn't try hard. And it's not, if I'm being honest, the most extravagant or glamorous place I've ever been. And at the same time, despite its wearing and tearing, 
despite its hardships and its trauma and its baggage, it's beautiful. And this is how I want to think of myself because that's how I feel most days. And I trust it's why Albania is so special to me because despite its imperfection and maybe even because of it, it holds tremendous value and it's deeply loved. So that was my newest post. And you can check that out on my blog at laurenmcletty.com. And if I need to reiterate the reasons why you should visit Albania, because there's so many myths about Albania and we've all seen Taken as Americans and even Voldemort was Albanian, I recently learned. And a common myth is that it's so dangerous. And I think that's a misconception that the country is plagued by crime and political instability. It's not true. Albania is one of the safest countries in Europe. And despite their past, they've made so much progress in you know the last few decades. So Albania is so special and unique. And I think that you should give it a chance because not only is it beautiful and clean, it's really up and coming and affordable. There's so much nature to explore if you like the outdoors. There's mountains, beaches, cities. You never run out of things to do or see. The music is really, really good. The people are super interesting. The weather is really nice and the food is so fresh. You'll learn so much about the history of the country. And if you are a cat lover, you will adore it as much as I do because there's cats everywhere. And lastly, the hospitality. Albanians are proud, hardworking, and helpful people. They've gone through so much adversity, but despite their challenges, like I said, they're so generous and kind, which is probably why I love them so much. So Albania is probably the most underrated, resilient, and misunderstood country I've ever been to. It reminds me a lot of Romania and Greece in certain ways. It's super close to Greece, and I guess Romania is part of the Balkans, right? So that's probably why, but I hope that you can forget about what you've heard and go see it for yourself. Um, I really love Albania, and I know that you will too. So I'm going to wrap this up here. Also, if you are looking for a place to stay during your visit to Vlora, which is a beautiful beach city in Albania, check out Valza Boutique Hotel. I will link them in the show notes. I want to thank you so much for your support, for listening, for taking the time to hear me and get to know me. I would love to connect with you. You can reach me at Lauren M. Coletti on Instagram, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.